Hi everybody, welcome to the Carepreneurs Show. My name is Chris Chan, I'm the founder and CEO of Chesapeake Senior Care, and today we have a special guest, Andrew Sokolowski. Did I say it right? Sokolowski. Close enough. Sokolowski. Uh, Andrew Sokolowski, he's, with, he's the founder of LiveWell, and he's the wellness specialist and gerontologist right here in Naples, Florida. Um, but he's also another passionate young entrepreneur uh, who is dedicated to the senior care space and uh, super excited to be able to talk to Andrew and kind of, you know, learn about his journey, his story, um, you know, along, along this, this kind of passion or this pursuit of, of making a difference in senior care. So, uh, Andrew, that being said, uh, you know, where did, where did this all start? I mean, what, what like, where did that fire originate from uh, where you've become just so passionate about an industry that I feel like doesn't attract the younger generation like, like it should, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. It definitely does not attract the younger generation. Um, but I guess it just goes back. I've always been involved in, you know, the fitness industry and things like that. I would say during my high school years, I had the dream of being a strength and conditioning coach at a university or something along those lines. And frankly, you know, through college, I kind of continued that passion and, and things like that. And it was probably my final semester in college, um, my undergraduate degree, I was getting an exercise physiology degree. And we had a class, it was called exercise prescriptions for special populations. And so like this class was, you know, obviously everything that there had to do with aging. And I was super excited to take the class because, you know, we got to learn about all these different chronic conditions and things like that. Um, to make a long story short, basically, how, how, throughout how the old were you then? Uh, I would have been 18 at the time. That's I mean, no, 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 no. I would have been 21 at the time. 21. So was that was that a popular class though, or was that like were you like one of a handful of kids in that class? Uh, I think there was probably 11 of us, but okay. it was mandatory for our degree. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically we get a, you know, we get assigned, um, a chronic condition and we have to design, design an exercise program and, you know, basically model what we would do in the future. So again, super, super excited. And guess what? I get low back pain. Uh, that's no fun, honestly, because everyone has low back pain and honestly being an exercise professional, it's kind of one of the easier things for us to fix. Um, I wanted dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's disease. I wanted all those things. So I basically just decided to dive in on my own and learn as much as I could about those while doing my project itself. And then from there, um, I moved down to Florida. So I was studying up in Northwest Ohio, had to get out of the cold. So I moved down to Florida. And again, I still had the idea of working with athletes and things like that. I moved to Florida and I said, you know, high school football in Florida is a really, really big thing. That could be something that I could find interest in. But I did an internship with a physical therapist, and he did a ton of work within nursing homes, assisted living facilities, and things along those lines. And within the first two weeks, I was basically hooked. Um, I completely flipped my script. I went from wanting to work with the, the top tier level athlete to the aging population who basically were going to focus on activities of everyday living. So from there, I basically just kind of understood that physical therapy wasn't the most needed thing, I guess you could say. Obviously, it plays a vital part in the care, senior care space, but I knew that a lot of the individuals who were receiving physical therapy just kind of went through this cyclical process. So it was physical therapy, and then something else would happen, and we'd start it all over again. So I basically wanted to find out a way that we could 
stop that process from happening. And that was just a continued progression after discharge from physical therapy. Right, right. So, so I basically. Yeah, no, I was just like, like that, that whole cycle of, you know, um, you know, someone falling, breaking their hip or becoming weak for whatever reason, going to the hospital, going to rehab, coming back home, getting a little boost and just going and doing it all over again. It's like, uh, I feel like we see that, that, that endless cycle to, to the point where it's like that person can't survive another incident like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And nor do they want to survive another incident like that. Honestly, right. you know, can you imagine having two broken hips, having one broken hip, falling again, breaking another hip? You don't want to go through the rehab process again. You don't want to right. do that. You want to lay right. in bed and you want to wish the time away, right. honestly. Right. Um, and, you know, with our population just continuing to age faster and faster and did, did, my parents you... were getting to the age of retirement so I wanted to just do something that I knew was going to not only help my parents, but could also help a lot of other individuals. Was it, was there any, like, was there some like thing that drew you towards that? Like, as you're going through this class, like, <clears throat> you know, did you um, have any sort of incident personally that caused you to be inspired or like, like have a passion for kind of like that aging sector? Or was it just like something that just really interested you and you felt like you could make a difference in? I think it was, um, you know, it was, a combination of both. Um, I felt that, and I still feel, I still think that the, the fitness industry and things like that, it doesn't get enough credit that it should. A lot of the true professionals that are out there know so much information about things and can provide, I mean, the best healthcare that there truly is. Um, I think I had a bit of a problem with big pharma because my grandfather at the time was battling cancer and it was just medication after medication after medication. And there weren't any other holistic alternatives that they were taking. And, you know, I would ask the questions, what physical therapy is, get, is he getting, things like that. And it was just one thing after another. Um, it was a disappointment for our family. So it kind of got me to the point of thinking, okay, well, you know, exercise itself can still be applied to the aging population. It just takes the right individual or the, you know, the right organization to do so. It obviously can't be the same thing that's applied to a 20 sum or that top tier level athlete. You're going to have to have more knowledge on the aging aspects, medication, and just overall the whole process itself. So, sure. I mean, I think it was a combination of things. That's awesome. Because one thing I love is like seeing the passion you bring to like the LinkedIn posts, you know, um, again, that's, that's why I want to create in, you know, the show, that's why we're creating the content is just like, you know, trying to inspire the younger generation to actually get excited about making a difference in senior care. Um, you know, I mean, I, Absolutely. I, it, you know, the industry, I, I even call it that, but just, I don't know what else to call it. Cause it's like this massive sector of like the, the, you know, kind of economic space that needs, you know, that needs a lot of attention needs, a, there's a lot of problems that need to be fixed. Um, you know, so I just, I love the, the passion, the energy, the fire you're bringing. It's awesome. Um, when you think well, about, I appreciate that. you know, live well health and, and just your live well, just live well. Right. I, I think I just added the health, <laughs> both, to the end. Both. <laughs> but, that's what, but that's what you're doing is making people healthy. You're making them, you know, well, um, when you think about live well, what is like, what does live well do? What is your purpose? Um, with live well, like, like how, how would you actually, you know, work with people individually or like, you know, tell me a little bit about like how you help people today. So ultimately we, you know, there's a couple different situations that we come into. Um, oftentimes it's the family member getting in contact with us or the individual themselves after discharge. 
So basically is what we do is we try and get out in front of a crisis or prevent another crisis from happening. So we will work with the physical therapist, occupational therapist at the end of discharge to help understand what this client or patient, depending on who's seeing them, you know, what their weaknesses are and what you, what they would truly like to see going forward for this individual. From there, we'll, you know, continue to collaborate with that care team to create an exercise program and then come in and just continue that. We'll, we'll provide one-on-one, we call them, you know, wellness specialist appointments. So you have a dedicated wellness specialist that comes in, provides you that expertise on exercise and just continues that progression after discharge. So when I think about like right now in our assisted living facility, you know, uh, physical therapists, occupational therapists, they come in, um, they, they, you know, show this individual, um, you know, what to do and they always leave this paper, right? And it's always like one or two, you know, pages of just like some positions of like, you know, some stick figure drawing or whatever, right? Of like what to do. Um, and, and a lot of times they'll leave that for our team to go and implement, right? Like they'll be like, you know, hey, here's the directions. But the hard part is like our team is so busy doing care, cleaning, cooking, the, you know, all these different things that like, you know, to, to you know, have that dedicated time and, and they're not even trained properly, you know, to be able to help that person. Like you, you wouldn't want them doing something like that and then potentially hurting someone because they weren't doing it the right way, you know? So like you, so, Absolutely. So, so it sounds like, you know, you're kind of that, that extension where of, of, of like that therapy where, you know, when that person leaves those like, you know, lists or those goals for that person, to, you know, to implement, you know, you come in there and kind of reinforce it, hold them accountable, make sure they're doing it safely, you know, and without hurting themselves um, and kind of continuing that beyond what might Medicare, like home health might pay for or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, oftentimes we find that these individuals, they have a lot more strength, energy and capability in them that they just really didn't know about. So it's about just kind of trying to pull it out of them and really allow them to see their true potential. Because, I mean, we've had instances where, you know, someone, they're in a memory care unit and they, they came in in a wheelchair and, you know, it was one of our sessions that we were working with and boom, she stands up and out of her wheelchair. And that was the first time that the care team had ever seen her stand. She had been in that unit for three years. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things where we really feel that the aging population kind of gets a bad rap because we see this decline that happens. Um, but I truly feel that a lot of individuals are more capable of than what society perceives. So do, is it something that like, like, do you meet with them two, three times a you know, week um, ongoing? Is it, is it something that like families, they hire you or this person individually hires you guys like privately? Um, or is there insurances that cover this kind of service or like, you know, cause I mean, I, I'm familiar and I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with maybe to some extent with the Medicare home health game, but um, you know, like, you know, this is kind of beyond that. And, and how does that work in, in, in your world? Yeah. So, uh, everything is private. Um, and like I said, more often than not, it's the family members that hire us. It's the, the son and daughter who, again, they get the discharge from physical therapy. Hey, how's mom doing? And then, you know, that family member gets in contact with the, the community administrator and they say, do you have any other options that we can continue this to make sure nothing happens? Um, so we are hired on privately and a lot of our referrals come from the family member and then administration of specific communities. So um, what's and like we do, typical, like how often are so you? So we do, 
working with the people. Yeah, so it, it's typically about, uh, I would say 90% of our clientele is uh, twice weekly that we meet with them. And the reason for that is, you know, we want to prevent as much as much muscle atrophy from occurring as possible. If we're seeing someone once a week, it's going to be beneficial. But at the end of the day, if they're not holding themselves accountable to simply go for a walk or, you know, do that white paper exercise that you had mentioned, we're, we're not really doing anything. Right. Well, so and, that... and to me, I think that white paper exercise, like I've never seen any of our residents. I mean, maybe one in 10 years, but I've never seen like, like any, for the most part, 99% of the time, they, they look at the paper, like, that's a, they, I've never seen anyone be like, all right, I'm going to go do my workouts today, you know, like, that never happens, you know, like. Exactly, yeah. They, 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 I mean, you know, so, like, for me, I'm just thinking, like, you know, that accountability piece, you know, where that you're able to help them do it safely, um, and then on a regular basis, like, you know, we see in our center all the time, just by people coming to our center on a regular basis, you know, two, three times a week, interacting with other people, doing exercises, doing games, just that, like, ongoing improvement that they have in their lives beyond like whatever rehab they may have gone to previously and stuff like that it just it blows my mind like the simplicity of someone getting in and out of a vehicle two to three times a week and just building the muscle like the the muscle motor memory to like be able to do that even more safely and you know do it easy you know easier like it, it blows my mind just how something so simple can um you know someone can pick up on her at that age like they can improve in uh, just by doing it, you know, free, frequently, and you know, and it's not even these little, it's not even exactly. these big things. It's not like we're trying to lift 250 pounds, you know. No, yeah, and, and that's I think that that's one of the things that we, you know, we struggled with early on, um, because we got confused with physical therapy, we got confused with occupational therapy, and then you kind of get put into this funnel, and it's like, okay, so if you're not physical and you're not occupational, you must be a personal trainer, right? Right? And I mean, it's not wrong, you know, we we're trained in that. But how do you think of, you know, the word personal trainer comes off to a 75 year old, right? right, right That's exactly right. what they think about. They think about lifting the 200 pounds right, and right. becoming this big old beefcake. And that's just the complete opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. Sure. Sure. Yeah, exactly. No, I, um, so, you know, it's funny because I think when I called you originally, you know, before we did this today, that was my first two questions. So what do you like physical therapy? What do you like physical therapy? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So I did yep. the same thing. I made the same assumption. I shouldn't have. I should know better. But yeah. now I know. When you're, uh, when you're, you know, when you're sharing your posts and you're sharing your heart about what you're passionate about, um, you know, now I have a really much better understanding of what you're talking about too. So. Yeah, and, and it's just that extension. Um, you know, we want individuals to understand that they can continue to live a great quality of life. A diagnosis of Alzheimer's doesn't mean that it, that it's the end. Um, you know, a fall doesn't mean that it's the end, that there's still life to be had after things like that happen, but it's going to require some work. You know, that's, that's the thing that I think we have to help people understand as well is just because you could do it when you were 30, 40, 50, doesn't mean that it's going to be like that when you're 80, you know, we're, right. we're helping this, this woman walk right now. Um, she's been in a wheelchair for probably about three years now, and she just can't understand why it's so hard to walk and it's because you haven't used your legs for you know three right. years at a time the, yeah. the old adage if you don't use it you lose, you lose it. it yeah it's so you know, true it's so, dude I'll, I'll never forget when like and you know I, I got I had gotten in a motorcycle accident and I was on crutches for a little while and we we're at that point where the doctor said hey look if you want to start walking like go for it and every time I put my foot down like the pain was just unbearable right 
And I'm like, like this is crazy. Like, I was like, you know, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, like I should have been healed by now. Like, why is this still in, why am I still in so much pain? What I realized was is that it was literally my body just not used to walking. Like it, like, it was like my nerves were just like on overdrive or overload of just like, what is happening? Like we haven't touched ground and put, you know, there's been no weight on us for a month and a half. And, and the crazy part was is within about 15, 20 minutes of me just trying to like, just get over the pain, all of a sudden I like, was like walking and like, you know, without crutches, like it was nothing. And it was so yep. weird because I remember in that moment realizing like, you know, all of it was like, to some extent in my head because there was just like this fear of, of that pain like actually being worse than it really was but in reality I, I mean I don't know I'm just speaking from experience I, I don't I don't have any doctor to like confirm like this is what happened but I just I just honestly like looking back felt like my my nerves were just on overdrive you know from that weight and not having experienced that in a while and then once I got used to it after about 10 or 15 minutes all of a sudden everything was fine and I could walk again without crutches and I was like that was weird you know like I was like I was <laughs> for like sure. trying for two weeks like this hurts and then all of a sudden boom I did it in like five minutes you know yeah, so I mean, apply that to, we go back to what we had said earlier about, you know, fall and uh, a hip fracture. Apply that to someone who, okay, so they've been working with someone in the past and they had physical and occupational therapy coming in, come in, but they were with someone 100% of the time. Now you're discharging them. Now they're on their own. They're going right. to have it in the back of their mind still. They're not going to want to walk. And it's just right. going to have that fear instilled in yeah, them. They'll just kind of default so. to like their, you know, and then what's crazy about this too is that if, you know, I, like I feel like that's, there's so much wasted money in like reactionary responses. Like meaning like the amount of money that is spent you know, on skilled nursing, rehab, hospitals, uh, Medicare, home health, it's all like reactionary, like after an event happened, as opposed to like proactive Absolutely. care, you know, and preventing these things from happening and probably preventing them, you know, in, in a more affordable way too. Yeah, and I mean, I, I will say that, you know, our, I would say our government spending has gotten better in regards to, you know, proactive care, but it's just, it's still not enough. I mean, it's right. to the point where they're providing the minimal amount of money that you can put towards an, an exercise program or something along those lines. But it's a, at the end of the day, the only thing that that money is going to get you is your white paper again. And then it comes down to, you know, can you hold yourself accountable? Well, um, well, and I think and if we're not providing any sort of no, I think what I've noticed too on the proactive side is that you see a lot of money going into tech on the proactive side, which I, I, I agree that technology can solve some problems. But at the end of the day, when it comes to senior care, like there's just some things that you can't solve with technology, you know? Absolutely. Like, like, Absolutely. like there's, I mean, there's no there's way that you're, that beats, sorry, what? there's nothing that beats that one-on-one -on -one connection, especially when you're talking about, you know, a senior who hasn't seen their son or daughter in two or three years. They're going to want someone coming in. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to look through a screen or go onto a screen and tap different exercises and things like right. that. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like the ability for you to like through a zoom call, get someone to do exercises versus, you know, you being able to be right there with them and help support them through those exercises. I, f I feel like the one-on-one -on -one in that world is, it's just, it's completely different. Like, like no technology, no zoom call, none of that stuff can, you know, help someone, continue to maintain that physical like um independence that you guys are kind of striving for without actually being there with them helping them do those you know those leg lifts or whatever they might be doing to like stretch those proper muscles you know absolutely and you know that it goes back to it goes to you know what we're living through right now with coronavirus 
Um, you know, that was one of the first questions that we got in the very beginning. Oh, are you going to take things virtual? Are you going to be able to do what these other, these other fitness people are doing? And I was like, no, 90% of our clientele is a, is a fall risk. How do you right. expect me to put them through an exercise through the right. screen? I know, can you I imagine mean, like, can you, I'm just can, asking for a problem. Can, can you imagine doing that? All of a sudden, like Mrs. Smith, like ends up falling and breaking her hip on the TV and like, you can't do, you're like. What are you going to do? Like call the facility, like, hey, Mrs. Smith just found a room, but you can't help her because she's not right there. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we have we have been lucky. We've gotten some of our you know our younger clientele to work through the screen and things well, like and, that, but they're the ones that aren't the fault. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's know? the thing too, right? Like, that's that like kind of weird um, age gap where like you you go from this period of time where someone might be older, um, might might be even living in like an independent senior living community, but they may not need that like real like more hands-on experience as opposed to like maybe the 85 year old 90 year old that has a lot more physical conditions that are going on and maybe even some memory care problems where it's like they really they, they need you like to help direct them or guide them you know with with like showing them where to put their foot or whatever or showing them where to move their arm to you know yep exactly yeah so it's so, wow i mean so how how has covid then ultimately how has covid affected you guys um, it was it was definitely crazy in the beginning. Um, I remember we were, we had our our Christmas dinner last night with the team, and I remember sending out the email and just you know, hey, you know, this should be just a couple of weeks. Let's just hang tight, see what happens. Yeah. And come, I think March, I think it was March thirteenth, everything shut down, just absolutely everything. I mean, yeah. whether it was we got locked out of communities because they were trying to be as safe as possible, or a lot of our clientele was just afraid. And so they said, you know what, I'm not going to allow anyone into my house. We're just going to go ahead and cut things off completely. Um, so it was definitely really, really scary, you know, being a yeah. young business owner, but I think it was awesome to see not only our team just kind of come together, stick to, uh, you know, stick to our mission and truly believe in what we were doing. Um, because we could have easily, you know, waved the white flag and said, you know what, sure. coronavirus took us and there's nothing that we can do about it. Um, how, how have you guys, we, adapted i guess like meaning like you know are you still seeing people in their their communities now is it kind of like 50 50 depending on the community or yeah it's it's depending on the community for sure i would say 85 percent of the communities that we're regularly in are allowing us back in and it's just under you know their their own set of rules some are strict on ppe and things like that others just want to make sure that you have a mask and you're trying to social distance as much as possible. But for the most part, we're back to, you know, normal, I guess you could call it the, the, the new right. normal, what it might be just with masks on. Right. So very how, thankful for that. How, how many people are on your team right now? We have, um, we have four people that are kind of like here and a wellness specialist, I guess you would say. Yep. So we have a representative in the Cape Coral, Fort Myers area. Um, Bonita and Ave Maria, Naples and Marco, and then I also am in Naples and Marco. And then we have a massage therapist that covers everything. And then an online wellness specialist as well. So she That's does cool. handle, we did see a bit of an uptake on the online sort of things throughout all of this. So she handles some of that. Um, but we foresee that kind of shifting back over to a, you know, in-person position. Awesome. And, and then, and then like if someone, like a family member was reaching out to you and needed these services like is is there is there certain payment plans does it generally depend on the individual or how do you guys kind of price out like 
your pricing? And, and is there a, any sort of case in the future that, um, you know, what you do could be covered by insurances in the future? So each, each and every case is going to be, you know, individual to that person or to that family. The one thing that we will say is, you know, there's no long-term contract or anything like that. We, the last thing that we want is to create stress. So if our services coming in create stress for that individual that we're working with, it's not going to be beneficial for anyone. So we're going to recommend that you find a different person or you go a different route. And we're not going to just push it just to, you know, just to do it. Um, for that, we just kind of, um, our sessions are billed at the end of the month. However many sessions that family wants to basically have, we just try and stick to a regular schedule so that Mrs. Smith, for example, knows that she has to exercise on Monday and Thursday at 1 p.m. Gotcha. So at the end of the month, everything gets tallied up and then a bill is sent over. You know, you can cancel things come up. Obviously, the biggest thing that we see are doctor's appointments. So we gotcha. always tell our clientele, if you have a doctor's appointment, that is your priority because the doctors in our area are swamped. So take right. the doctor's appointment. Right, 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 right. right. Um, cool. And then in regards to the insurance, I do think that along the lines, insurance will begin to cover some of these services. We have kind of dabbled in, you know, long-term care a little bit, sometimes Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Again, back to an individual basis. Sure. When you think about the future, like like your goal, in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, like do you have a clear vision of what that looks like? And if so, like, you know, you know, would you would you be able to share that with us or You know, to be completely honest, I don't have a clear clear vision on what that looks like. You know, yeah. I think that that might go against your typical business owner and things like that. I, nah, but I think within like the aging field, things are changing so rapidly. Right. Um, so you kind of have to just be able to adapt to the times. Obviously I would love to be able to collaborate with each and every, you know, assisted living, independent living, home health, outpatient therapy. I would love to collaborate with all of those different pieces of the puzzle and just help to understand that, look, we're not trying to step on anyone's toes. We're trying to create healthier lives for this person, you know, from the point of crises and on. Well, you know, I think facilities, you know, would be very, I mean, the idea that like you could help that person, you know, live longer in that community, live a healthier, better life, you know, prevent falls and, you know, those, you know, like, I would think from an operator perspective, that operator would, you know, like, be like, yeah, sign it, like, where do we sign, <laughs> you know? I, and I mean, I would think they'd be a massive advocate for you guys, you know? Well, and, you know, and, and I think that you see that because you're, you know, you're 100% hands-on. You know, you see everything and anything that goes on within your community. But when we think about like the big box senior living yeah. and things like that, these huge multi-million dollar buildings that are getting put up left and right, especially right. in our area, especially you know, it's coming from the top down. Yeah. Yeah. So your but, investor doesn't see that that could potentially, to your point, save money in the long run. I'm, I'm thinking like, like, you know, I hate to look at it this way, but I know that they are. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like. Trying, you know, if, if they could extend someone's life in their, their in their building and help them, you know, stay there and stay there healthier, um, you would, it would be a win-win for the community. You know, it's for the individual because they get to live a better life, um, and then also for the community because you know they, that person might stay there, you know, a longer period of time than they normally would if they fell and broke a hip and went to rehab and maybe never came back. You know, mm -hmm. so. exactly. You know, it, it goes. You know, obviously, a lot of the communities they. They have their vendors that provide all sorts of things in that, that nature. But in my opinion, the vendor model doesn't really work anymore because what you've done is now you've, you've brought in Jane to come in and do Tai Chi. But Jane's coming in and she knows that she's got to do Tai Chi at 1030 
And then once 1105 strikes, she's out the door. Right. 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 So she, she might create a relationship with those residents, but she's not in it to truly benefit because like you said, at the end of the day, we're trying to create healthier lives for people within that community. So if we have a partner side of relationship, then it's going to be in my best interest to help this person that much more so that they stay in the building. Well, I would think too, that the person going to Tai Chi is probably the one that's like more independent. That's well enough. That doesn't need to help, you know, like where Mm -hmm. the person that's like stuck in the room and doesn't attend Tai Chi because it's too much work is the person that needs your help, (laughs) you know? Exactly. They're just yep. trying to make it to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, they, they, it's hard for them <laughs> to squeeze in all those other activities sometimes. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yep. awesome. I, I love. I love what you're doing. Love your passion. Um, I think you said earlier when we were talking, you're 25, right? 25. Correct. Man, yep. Dude, that's God. I feel old now. Like I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm 32. I want to believe I'm 25, but I'm not. You know, that's what it is. I got, I got two kids now. But I think. And, I think you're right. I mean, I think younger people, you know, back to your point about bringing younger people into this, this field, I think it's super interesting. Number one, I think the field of aging, you have the ability to create your own sort of niche and provide any sort of service that you want, as long as it is in the betterment of a senior's life. And then number two, the amount of things that you can learn from this population is absolutely astounding. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's so true. So true, man. I, I love it. I love your passion. I love the excitement, the energy, just everything you bring um, to the senior care space, man. It's so refreshing seeing it on LinkedIn, and um, I'm really glad I had the opportunity to actually meet you today as well. Um, so, you know, really, really, really grateful for this time. And, and if anyone wants to reach out to Andrew, I mean, I'm sure they can find you on LinkedIn. I guess where, where's the best place to reach out to you at? Uh, LinkedIn would be a good good spot to find me, and then you can just head on over to our website. So it's livewellhealthmanagement.com livewellhealthmanagement.com. We'll, we'll link up some, uh, some links in our description and stuff below, whatnot too. And uh, Andrew, thank you very much for joining me today. I uh, really appreciate your time and thank you for sharing your passion with us about senior care and uh, everything that you guys are doing. So if you haven't already, reach out to Andrew at LiveWell and, uh, and thank you guys for joining us today. So, Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, thank you, buddy.